What's up, everybody? This is the betrayed, the addicted, and the expert. My name is Brandon, and I am the expert. And I'm Ashlyn, and I was the betrayed. And I'm Kobe, the recovering addict. What you're gonna get is three unique perspectives on recovery and tools for hope and healing. Hello, Ashlyn here, and uh, we're gonna start by saying uh, thank you for your reviews. Thank you for your messages. Uh, the best way that you can thank us, other than a sweet message, is to really post it so that other people can see it, which is on the podcast app through iTunes. So I'm going to read you one here. It says, this podcast has been such an inspired treasure for me to find. Thank you for all your courage and vulnerability in being authentic and bringing such value to the planet. I aspire to be as healed and as educated as Ashlyn and Kobe are in recovery we're still learning a lot. Um, your connection and empathy with each other is inspiring. Thank you, Brandon, for your time as a therapist. It's so valuable. Awesome. I would fully agree with that. Fully agree. Thanks. That's really cool. Nice. Well, yeah. uh, to the Brandon part. No, that's what I, I fully <laughs> agree with the Ashton and Kobe part. So that's great. So thank you. Cool. All right, guys. All right, Should we're talking about EMDR trauma therapy. Yeah. So let's start. What is EMDR? Um, I can never remember. I just asked Brandon, <laughs> what does it stand for? It took me like, I don't know, 18 months before I remembered. <laughs> do you know what it is? I do. Eye movement, desensitization, and reprocessing. Yes, Yay. that's what EMDR is. Yeah. Now, anybody who hears that, it doesn't mean much to them. Right. Like, what is that? Just like mean? me, it didn't mean yeah. much when I first heard it, too. Um, so let's talk, let's, let's break it down. What does it actually mean? Um, EMDR is kind of the hot uh, it's the hot topic therapy these days. And, mm-hmm. um, I just, my experience with it a little bit, I got trained in EMDR about 10 years ago and, um, I went to this training up in Idaho and it was a four day training and I went to two days of it and I left after two days because it seems so hokey and out there and weird to me. Really? Okay. Yeah. And, and, uh, Come to find out, it wasn't training done by the EMDR Institute. It was just some woman doing training on it, and it was really bad oh, training. Oh, wow. Um, but it, but she did kind of introduce the concept a little bit, and it did seem weird to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so then years later, all of these therapists started getting trained in it because um, it's, it's becoming what's called an evidence-based practice. It's, uh, the research is showing that it's effective, that it works. And so I decided to to go back and get retrained through the EMDR Institute and really figure out what this EMDR thing is. And was that um, a very different experience than the first one you had? Oh, way <laughs> different. And, and I, I want to say since doing EMDR, I've been doing it now for almost two years. Um, it is incredible and I love it and it works uh, very well. So let's, let's talk about what it is. Um, people might be a little, little, um, confused Mm -hmm. as to what it is i I like the fact that you said that i love it and ashlyn i have both done it as well but i'm actually just from from i'm putting myself in in the the shoes of the client of the Mm -hmm. therapist who's who's performed mdr tell me why you love it though well why i really like it is because no you said you loved it why i love it (laughs) (laughs) why i love it is because with addiction recovery work a lot of times we're putting out fires we're we're dealing with the symptom which is acting out or, you know, attachment issues or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, what EMDR does is goes, it goes right after the, the root. It goes after the cause of it. And so it heals um, 
it heals the root problem, which then helps the symptoms go away. So that's why I love it, because we can go right into the deepest, darkest, um, scariest true. places. Like the way yeah. you explained it is perfect. Totally yeah. agree. And why do you say that? Well, I'm just reflecting on my own experience, and that's how I would describe it best. It's, it's how it was yeah. for you, right? Yeah. Um, so that's why I love it. And it gives us as a therapist a way to, to know how to go into that and process that. And uh, a really good EMDR therapist is, is very good at staying out of the way. Um, we don't do much with EMDR. The, the client does the work, and we allow that process to take place. Mm-hmm. And so I have to say it's funny because somebody asked me, like, what is it like when you do EMDR? And I thought, well, you talk a lot, and the therapist really just says, like, a couple words. Yeah, it's really, <laughs> like, it kind of sounds weird. We sit back and just kind of <laughs> let the process happen. Like, really just facilitate, right? So we just oh, yeah. Facilitate. So you have to know what you're doing to for, facilitate. Uh, well, and, and we're facilitating it um, in, a, in a direction, but we're not really pushing it in any direction. Um, the client is, is doing that. You're so. facilitating the, the desensitization. Yes, but you're also facilitating the reprocessing. Yes, but we're just that's faci- simply said. But we're facilitating that the client is doing the reprocessing, right? So okay, okay, so, yeah, yeah. So let's let's describe what it is and give some some yeah. kind of education about what we're even talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, trauma work is key to recovery. Um, we talk about betrayal trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, addiction is caused by trauma. Attachment wounds are caused by trauma. And what happens when we're we're traumatized, when we experience trauma, um, our brains are amazing things. And we create all kinds of stories and thoughts and beliefs around that trauma that's going to, and those thoughts and, and beliefs, they protect us in the future. And so if something bad happens to me, I interpret it a certain way, and then I start to respond to that trauma in the future because I'm trying to protect myself. Sometimes our beliefs actually are destructive. They don't help us in our life. So if I have trauma that, you know, my mom never trusted me or something, and then I started treating my wife like she never was going to trust me, but my wife was very connected and trustworthy, then that's not helpful in my life, right? And, th- and that's all an effort to protect you from being hurt. Is Prote- that correct? It's protection for me. Okay. And so... You know, we, we develop beliefs around our safety. Um, like, if I have trauma about a car accident, I may never want to get in a car again, right? Um, because I'm not safe. Um, our shame is is used to protect us. So, you know, if I believe that I'm not lovable because of my past trauma of abuse or whatever, I stick to that belief to protect me so I don't put myself out there to people to get hurt because I believe that I'm unlovable, Right? And so um, what EMDR does is it, we take you back into that trauma and, and we keep you grounded in the moment so that you can reprocess. And we, we help, we, what the EMDR does is it helps a person go into that trauma and start to develop new beliefs around that experience and, and change their, their faulty core beliefs or change their beliefs about safety um, around that experience of trauma. And one of my favorite parts is that it physically changes. Like, I no longer have those physical reactions that I once had. I love the. I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up. I love the physical part of EMDR. When when I'm I'm doing a reprocessing session with somebody, um, oftentimes what comes up is what comes up in their body. 
and it's fascinating what comes up in their body, the different feelings and where you feel it, where where you feel it and why, you know, there's even stories of, you know, someone experienced trauma as a child, they got hit in the face and during the EMDR session, they start to have a bloody nose. Um, That doesn't always happen. That's, that's a rare case, but that their bot, there's a book called the body keeps the score and it goes hand in hand with EMDR. Um, your body very much is aware of your trauma. And so as you reprocess that trauma, your physical sensations start to change as well. Yeah. And so you don't have as, as much um, reaction physically to it. Um, wow. So, yeah, completely. Yeah. So EMDR is, um, it's, it's you want to get somebody in to, there's a hyperarousal state and a hypoarousal state. So... What that means is somebody is not processing at all, and they're not accessing their emotions, how they feel in their body, and they're not, they're not like even going into the trauma whatsoever. You're not going to get anywhere with that. Um, if somebody is way over-traumatized with the processing, am I speaking over people's heads? Maybe a little bit. Maybe. <laughs> I'm um, listening. If they're way over-stimulated and, and they get re-traumatized and they start to dissociate, meaning they start to leave the room in their mind that they're even mm-hmm. in, then you can't reprocess the trauma. So we're trying to find that, that middle ground. I think I ground. was both. I think I've been both with those because the most recent session I did with EMDR, I had no idea that that was a thing for me. But it turns out it was, it's been the like most... Like an of, issue. Yeah, yeah, totally. An issue that, that kept on giving in, in the wrong ways. I had no idea that I was that that was a thing for me. Your therapist, um, her job or his job is to try to keep you in that middle ground. So, like I'll do certain things. Like I have a a really soft corduroy couch, and I'll have somebody grab a pillow and just start feeling the pillow. Sometimes just to ground them in the here and now to bring mm-hmm. them back to the room. If the trauma response is getting too extreme, and they're starting to dissociate, or mm-hmm. oh, okay. and, and so. Um, just certain mindfulness techniques are used a lot in EMDR mm-hmm. to bring a person back into the room so they can keep reprocessing. Deep breaths for me so, have done that. Mm-hmm. Deep breathing is one. Absolutely. Okay. So what kind of therapist are you looking for when you want to, if you, if you, you know think you? EMDR is the right thing for me, how do so, you go about looking? So EMDR, um, there's enough EMDR therapists that that pretty much anybody, at least in the United States, can find an EMDR therapist. Um, they're doing all kinds of trainings everywhere right now because it is such a, a hot thing right now. I think Bessel van der Kolk and, is coming in March to Salt Lake City, I think, for some continuing education. Yeah, so Bessel van der Kolk wrote um, The Body Keeps the Score. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, look for somebody who's trained through the EMDR Institute. And you can ask them, were you trained in the, through the EMDR Institute? Um if they have been and they've, they've completed the first two trainings, then they're, they should be far enough along to be able to, to facilitate EMDR. And there's a difference between someone who is, um, who is uh, someone who is trained in EMDR and someone who is certified in EMDR. Is that correct? There is a difference. So can you speak to that? Yeah. A lot of, a lot of therapists are not certified EMDR therapists, but they're trained in EMDR. That's what I am. So I've gone halfway through the certification process. It doesn't mean that I can't do EMDR with my clients. Right. Um, it's just it just puts that on their resume. It says yes, I've gone through enough. It's the training paperwork, here. right? <laughs> yeah, and it looks good, and and I think it's a good thing because 
it gives them – it means they've gotten supervision, right. um, that they practiced it, and they're more trained. So if you can find an EMDR-certified therapist, that's awesome. Um, but you don't need to. find an, You can find an EMDR-trained therapist, uh-huh. and they can do EMDR as well. That's awesome. So, so something I learned and was – so Kobe and I have both done EMDR at different times. We did not do it at the same time. Mm-hmm. It uh-huh. seemed like too much for us because yeah. I – I mean, it's – it's hard work. I've known couples yeah. who've done that at the same time. Yeah, right. That was not us. Yeah, that was not us. And I would recommend if you're going to do MDR, do it do it alone first before oh, yeah. you do it as a couple. And and not not many people do it as a couple. It's not that common, but it ha- it is done. It's sometimes. a very personal yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we did it. And while Kobe was describing an experience that he had with our family, like our two little girls, just over dinner, wasn't anything too complicated or personal. Our nine-year-old, who's had trauma in her past, uh, she said, I want to feel that way. Hmm. I want to do EMDR. And she wanted to do it with our therapist, Amy. And so I messaged Amy and said, okay, like Lucy's on board. She wants to do this. And Amy said, I actually can't. Like it's it's different for kids. Right. And so now our Lucy, um, she did her first EMDR session last week. And um, it was hard work. I was... And, she was excited to go back, which I was like blown away. Awesome. She knew that it was going to be tough because they were going to tackle a really heavy issue, but she was still like, I got to do this. Like she sure, she showed enormous courage despite being really afraid and apprehensive. She's like, I got to do this. But she also realized that once she actually goes and she actually does it on the other side of that really hard session is going to be a, a place that's much more safe. Yeah, like a little burden I think, lifted. I think that's so incredible that Lucy's willing and wanting it's to crazy. do that. Yeah. It's crazy. She's nine, really. I think it took me, I was 35 when I chose to like really dig in and mm-hmm. get to work on myself. Right, so that's like, awesome. I'm like, man, yeah. she's way ahead of the game. I, I want to, if it's okay, I'd, I'd like to share the most recent experience that I did that was actually was the the kind of the, the springboard into Lucy wanting to do emdr and and i gotta believe that and that if i explain this and to lucy and ellie and lucy's like oh hey i want to do that that maybe by sharing my own experience doing it that it will compel maybe some people who are listening who who know that they really need need it to actually take action to do that i I don't do it like in, in a kind of a quick manner but um the the memory that came up the last time I did EMDR was me of being in the back of our, I was probably like seven ish, give or take. Mm-hmm. And I was in the back of the family Chevy Nova vinyl seats. Oh yeah. And it was at night and we were parked in a neighbor's driveway and I could still see the garage door in front of us and the lights on either side of the garage door. My dad was in the front seat in the driver's seat. I was directly behind him. Mm-hmm. And to my right was my older sister. And then I don't know, a sibling or two. But um, I couldn't see my sister, but I could see the, the silhouette of my dad in front of me. And my mom was inside talking with, with the neighbor. And I remember my sister was braiding me, just bowling like kids do, you know, teasing or whatever like that. But that was a consistent theme that my sister had done for um, many years. And finally, for whatever reason, I started just like crying in exasperation and um, really just in bewilderment. Like, wow. But I remember like asking the question through like tears and almost yelling like why do you hate me why do you treat why, why do you not like me why are you mean to me what did i ever do to you and i was in such an exasperated state and obviously what that not obviously but looking back that was one of the experiences that i had that that developed insecure attachment 
for me, anxious attachment. But but um, I felt in that moment, looking back on it, I didn't realize how much emotion I felt in that moment. But what the beliefs that developed from that were, I'm not important, and I'm unlovable, and I am um, that that my family members aren't going to help me because my dad was in the front seat. And he was quiet the whole time. Like I went on this rant. My sister didn't respond to me, and my dad stayed totally quiet. Right. So his 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 Which, lack of by response. The way, this seems like a really simple experience, right? Like how many times has this happened in other people's lives? But totally. it affected you so deeply. Right. So, like I told Kobe, I guarantee your dad and your Had sister no don't even remember this experience. Sure. Like yeah. it's it's one of those things, right? Yeah, and it's hard to be able to quantify what trauma means for people. And I, and I want I, I share this, and this isn't like a I, I I'm very aware of the fact that there are many more traumatic experiences that human beings experience in their childhood. This just happens to be one of mine it doesn't sound particularly intense it might even sound petty to some people but the important point to note is is that from this experience i developed these beliefs right. that became obstacles in my ability to um trust ashlyn so because i felt unloved and unwanted and abandoned by the people that were supposed to take it's care of me it's also the time in your life when you started um, looking when i was elsewhere. exposed to porn right totally so um, from that, I could not, um, I, I couldn't trust the people that love me the most or profess to love me the most to, to actually be there for me and to take care of me. So that built a belief that led to behavior that put distance between me and the people that I was supposed to love and yeah. trust the most. Yep, yep, exactly. That's so. So you're describing, you're walking us through what trauma does, and then the beliefs that it it created, and then how it's manifesting itself in your life now. Right. right. To be sure. I mean, we went in. I think. We found that experience by going in about we parent different. Uh-huh. And right. Kobe was like, she bullies me or she doesn't listen yeah. and she doesn't value my opinion. And, and then it came down to like this experience. Right. Like, oh, she just has a different opinion than me or, you know. Right. And if you pro- reprocess that experience. He did. What you can do is what? <laughs> what happened? So, I mean, this the, first off, let me just say part of part of the um, the part of the process of revisiting this experience was having my therapist, Amy measure the intensity of this emotion. And it was interesting because I had these little buzzers in my hand that were alternating back and forth. And as I, as I measured it on a scale of one to 10, it was like far beyond 10 and it was so painful and so intense, even in memory, you know, over 30 years previous to this, I was, I was hysterically and uncontrollably crying. Right. Like the real ugly yeah. cry. Mm-hmm. It's like, I hope no one can hear me, but they probably are. <laughs> I was, I was literally in that place. And, and so it was, it was at its maximum intensity. But what's interesting is, is, um, in, in this particular case, the way that Amy helped me desensitize it. And, and if you think of it from this way, like she had to desensitize the intensity of the emotion. And so part of that process of desensitizing it was just allowing me to feel it and then just like getting the emotion out. She just let me cry. Mm-hmm. And so she let me cry for just a moment and then she said, okay, take a deep breath and breathe out and where is it now? And so she began to desensitize it and then once we got to a certain point, then we began to reprocess it to the extent of, of Amy had me introduce um, someone in my life who represents comfort who could be there for me. Right. And so it was my grandpa, my mom's dad, who was in a blue nylon polyester uh, winter coat and he was had his arm around me and he sat next to me 
and I could see just the blue coat. I can't see his face, but I see the blue coat. And all he was saying was, it's okay, pal. And he would like pat me on my shoulder. And then she said, bring someone in, in, into this. In, again, I'm in the backseat of the car. Just, I'm still back there. Right. And then she said, now bring someone in to your life that represents wisdom. And I identified somebody, I can't remember what his name is, who just said, hey, listen. And, and the wisdom that he shared with me, even though your sister and your dad didn't mean to hurt you, they have their own issues. Right. They just don't realize what this is actually, what's actually happening. So that kind of let, helped me let them off the hook right. in that moment. And the last one she said was, I think this is the point that, that really resonated with Lucy. She said, who is the protector Mm-hmm. in your life as a kid or as an adult and i and i just said i don't have one from which totally offended me by the way <laughs> i had to talk to amy yeah. about it <laughs> but 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 in truth i didn't have anybody as a kid nor did i have anybody currently who was my protector right. and and this this shows the the um how good amy was as my is as my therapist because she says is it a superhero or is it a dog and she knows that i'm like a big dog dork like i've got like six books on dogs from all over the world at home and I said, by the if, way, dogs come up in EMDR all the time. And I'll tell you why in a minute. Really? Oh, yeah. okay. okay. This is really cool. And, and this probably makes sense then. I said, it's a dog. And I said, it's a black Russian terrier, which is a dog that's anywhere from 70 to like 140 pounds. And it's big and it has a long black coat. And I said, it's sitting right to, on my right side, right next to me. And it's sitting there and I'm kind of enveloped in its long black coat. And I said, it's vigilant and it's watching everybody around me, but it's brave and it's courageous, but it's calm, and I know that it's protecting me. Awesome. And so, and so that's how Amy was able to help me reprocess it. Meaning, like we could explain why my sister and my dad took the stance that they did. My dad is silence, and my sister like just being mean to me because she was nine years old right. <laughs> and just had her own stuff. And then my grandpa was there to comfort me, and this dog was there to protect me. Right. And because of that, anytime I go back and revisit that, I feel the comfort from my grandpa. And I feel safe and protected because so, of the dog. So your negative cognition was, or your faulty beliefs that you, you got from this trauma were, there's nobody there to protect me, mm-hmm. right? Totally. And basically, you're on your own. Yes, right? totally. And, and then you left that EMDR session with a positive cognition or a positive belief that was what? Because that, you talk about the dog and your grandpa. Like, what did you... I walked away knowing that I'm safe and that I'm loved and then I'm cared for, and then I'm important, and um, and then I matter. Right. I, I would imagine if we were to go back to the trauma and before you reprocessed it, and we said, how true is that statement, that oh, I'm man. safe, that I matter, it's like a, a zero. It was it's, not, it's true not true in true any at way, all. totally. Right? Then you, you allow your brain to go through the healing. And mm-hmm. I, I, I actually, you guys, they, they don't talk about this much when they talk about EMDR, but I think it's it's there's there's so much spirituality oh my gosh yes. and and i don't think it's just your brain healing i think it's yeah. your soul it's your spirit for sure coming to a place of healing i had um, the most my most ex, um, spiritual experiences during emdr yeah yeah i see i see it almost every time i do emdr it's incredible um, but you allow your spirit to actually see the truth again and and um that's a really good way yeah. of saying it. Wow. And so, and, and there you are. You're saying that out loud, that I am loved, that I am okay, right? Um, and, and there's core, as, as, as painful as it was to revisit it before we started to desensitize it, meaning like as scary and as unsafe and as abandoned and alone as I felt, I felt equal portions of love and protection and importance. And there were physical sensations. I did a session this morning, and the guy walked out. The last thing he said was like, so his his 
negative cognition was I'm not lovable. And as he was walking out the door, he said, I love this feeling of love that I'm feeling Aww. right now. Like, how'd you do that? You know, I'm like, you did it. Yeah. And the, the, the truth is, is we, are, we have it in our heads. Our brains want to heal. They want to release. They want to let go mm-hmm. of these things that are holding us back. We just don't know how. And that's the, the, the bilateral stimulation. So the, the buzzer the that right. you're holding, yeah. the yeah. left and right stimulation. So that, that just accesses your, it gets your brain going. Gets your okay. brain flowing, and I felt it yeah. really on my left brain, my right brain, like back and forth. You physically felt yeah. it. Yeah, so left brain, saying. right brain is kind of it's going, it's working. So that's why we do the the bilateral stimulation, and and it, it you know they they do tapping, they do buzzers. I actually prefer eye movement. I've just found that the processing really moves along with eye movement, mm-hmm. but different therapists use different things. Um, but that gets your brain going, and then. Um, if the therapist has to create a really safe environment, yeah. really safe, the client needs to be willing to go there, to step into the pain, to feel it. To, to... My clients will come in and they'll, they'll be a little bit like scared because they're like, hey, we're doing EMDR today. Because they know what that means? They know what that means and they know it's hard work and they know they're going into it. Um, and so then if, they're, if they allow themselves to just let go and process and let their brain do its thing, yeah. the therapist gets out of the way and just facilitates the process. Um, what I found is, you know, I say it's a spiritual thing. Um, certain, certain things come into play, um, safe people, safe places. I say dogs are, are brought into EMDR a lot. Mm-hmm. And that's because a lot of trauma sends the message that you're you're not love you're not worthy of love you're not you're not okay and and what does a dog do they just love you yeah that that's why i i like safe places we call them resources mm-hmm. um dogs often are resources um as well so um just so you know we are getting a dog in our new house oh wow totally, for miss lucy totally and kobe <laughs> have you started looking for Oh, I know exactly what I'm going to get. It's oh, going to be a whippet. It's a whippet, this, for sure. This, yeah, well, it's already like, named. You know that. Yeah. <laughs> They've already named it? Oh, yes. Oh. Ellie, like, prays for Dash or whatever. <laughs> it's craziness. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> he, he's kind of like Dash from Incredibles. Like, from, like... In, he's fast. Yeah, in, like, two seconds, he's at, like, full speed, which anyways, is, like, yeah. 37 miles cool. an hour. I'm um, a total dork. Anyways, keep going. So, um, so then what happens once you reprocess, once you walk out of the door, is it magic? Like, is everything all better? Um, kind of, it kind of is magic. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes the reprocessing takes several sessions. So, or a longer session from uh, what I've seen in other people, like don't, don't allow the therapist to leave you open yeah. and not go back to that safe place. Absolutely. So it doesn't mean, so we'll do an EMDR session and I'll be in the middle of the reprocessing and we'll be running out of time. It doesn't mean that we have to sew everything up and 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 have the reprocessing done because if the reprocessing is not done, it's not done. Mm-hmm. But what I do need to do is close the session in a way where the client is 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 back to present moment feeling safe knowing they have resources to to process if you do an emdr session and it has to close early um you know that you can journal you can call a friend you can email your therapist you can function you can function you might have some dreams come up you might have some triggers come up from the emdr session and you just notice that and 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 see it and let it go and practice your self-care and then go back to your next session and keep keep processing that same trauma Mm -hmm. so you know, I've done EMDR for uh, brutal rapes. I've done it for 
um, other things that seem so minuscule to anybody else, but it's it's extreme trauma to that person. Yeah. And um, you can reprocess anything. Uh, you can go back into it and reprocess it. My so, observation was is that with with mine, I needed to do this because I had, I had, um, I was viewing Lucy in teasing her younger sister Ellie. As as though Lucy was like my sister. Mm. So I had a lot of anger towards Lucy because for when treat, I saw if we're treating Ellie, Ellie that way that way yeah. because all of a sudden and they're the exact same ages which right. is super right now. weird right it's very weird like Lucy was my older sister's age and I was Ellie's age oh interesting and yeah. I would automatically go back to that boy in the back of that red Chevy Nova when I saw Lucy um, teasing Ellie and I would get super defensive like immediately from zero to sixty just like that as defensive of Lu- of Ellie and it was confusing to me like why are we reacting like so and now it makes sense, like right. so fiercely. Okay, I get totally. it, and because, it's not that way anymore. Yeah, I had a traumatic response to seeing Lucy tease Ellie. Right. Yes. And trauma response. Totally, and and that's not dissimilar from what happens with the betrayed when they um, get triggered by an environment or a situation or a person or some circumstance, well, and they go back and they totally. go back to trauma. One of the sessions I did was from an experience in my youth, but it affected the way that I had decorated my bedroom, like Kobe and, and oh, our bedroom. And I kind of got lost in the moment. And I, I told my therapist, like, I think I'm doing this wrong because in my head, I'm redecorating my bedroom. And I graduated in interior design. So I'm like, I think I'm in the wrong place. Like, and she's like, no, it, like, let, go let with that. Let your brain do its thing. Yeah. Just... And I was like, oh, Okay, like uh, totally, Ashlyn. And I, I've heard some bizarre things. Like, whoa, why'd your brain do that? Totally, but it, you and can just I keep did. Going with it, we yep. we finished. I redecorated that room, and guess what happened? I went home, and we like sold the furniture. We got new stuff. We and now we're building a new home. So it's like, hallelujah! It really will be new. But right. I had it was just crazy right. how it all worked. Yep, yeah, and it, it comes full circle. You just let the brain keep going, and mm-hmm. it comes comes around to the extent of coming full circle that now. When I see Lucy teasing Ellie, I don't have, I don't have, have that anywhere. Response. No, I don't have that response at all. But what it allows me to do, rather than going to the, going to a place of trauma, is see Lucy. I can see Lucy for Lucy yeah. and say, "All right, Lucy." Like this morning, she was teasing her sister, waiting for the bus outside our house. Lucy, that's not cool to tag your sister playing tag freeze tag outside in this particular way and she's like okay well, fine that's that's when i know somebody's reprocessed is when they get to this they're they're out of this place of blame and they're in this place of compassion where you know mom did this horrible thing to me when i was a child mm-hmm. they come in with that and by the end of the reprocessing they're they're saying oh I, I get where my mom is coming from totally yeah. empathy yeah empathy, empathy is always the answer yeah so i, I you know Specializing in betrayal trauma and sex addiction and then being trained in EMDR, I get the question a lot, should I um, do EMDR about my betrayal trauma, like with my betrayal trauma? And I think, why the heck not? Totally. Absolutely. And then, then you can respond differently to your spouse and, and you, can, you can let some of that, that trauma go and move forward. And I think the other so, important part about that is is what I've discovered, and this is, I don't know how many sessions of EMDR I've done, but every time like we... Um, we, I do a session most times, probably three out of four times, I will have unearthed another topic yeah, yeah. that also needs EMDR. 
and and so I guess the more I do it, the more I kind of I'm like I peel back the layer on the onion. But and but what's cool? Find something else, Kobe. What's cool is when that happens. So a lot of our memories, a lot of our trauma, we keep they're they're like clustered in our head. And so, Aww. so if you bring up one thing, it'll bring out another, okay. which might bring out another, but they're like in a cluster. And as you reprocess one, it can actually desensitize the other some as well. Oh. So you can kind of kill two birds with one stone, which okay. is really nice. Um, it might not. There might be something totally different that you need to just really focus on, mm-hmm. but usually it can desensitize more than one. Okay, so. question for you. I had someone reach out who, in their late 60s, said will this work for me for trauma that was in my childhood Childhood. absolutely yeah even even decades and decades and decades later yeah there's no statute of limitations when it comes to working on your childhood trauma that's a good way to say it i guess so yeah yeah i mean it 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 absolutely will work and so how do we address the person who's out there who's saying okay i know that this trauma took place but i don't know if it's really bothering me I, I forgave the person, but um, it's clear that that memory of that trauma kind of is uh, bubbles up da- well, on the so, daily. So with or EMDR, frequently. you know, we don't. With it, somebody doesn't come in and we say, "Okay, just give us your worst right. trauma ever." Mm-hmm. The, the first questions that we ask are, "Where are you struggling in your life right now?" Um, I'm struggling with anxiety. I'm struggling with depression. I have an addiction, whatever it is, and then we start from there and we say, "Okay." Like, where is this coming from and why? And then we start to dig into the, the trauma, and then we can get to the the, tar- the targeting event, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, yeah, it's uh, y- you see the symptoms first, and then you can you can find the trauma Work from way backwards. There. Yeah. Hey, I wanted to mention this. <clears throat> when I first went in, I was pretty upfront with my therapist, Amy, and I just told her I feel embarrassed and I'm nervous. And I don't know how to do this and what to expect. And I just had to speak my shame and the the discomfort that I was feeling. And once I did that, she, I just felt like, okay. Absolutely. And I laid on that couch, put my blanket on, did what I needed to do, closed my eyes. I didn't want to have my eyes open. Um, and that was like the coolest experience rather than going into it with just this like, like you kind of mentioned before, like holding back. Right, and right, right. Yes. I just let her know I'm embarrassed, and <laughs> which it, she already knew, I'm sure. And it's totally normal what you're describing. Right. Like clients come in very kind of effort. There's, there's well, it's weird, there. like you said. Yeah. But I will also <clears throat> say this. Um, some of the sessions I did, like finding your safe place, it's great. It's one That was one of my most spiritual experiences. It was beautiful. Uh, however, when I did the trauma work of doing certain situations, there was one time I came home. And mm-hmm. the kids were still at school, but I told Kobe, like, I just laid in bed. I couldn't even watch yeah. TV. I couldn't even look on my phone. I was, like, so, like, physically spent. Right. Yeah. And so I just laid there. So so what that means, that, that either you're shutting down or your, your brain is still processing. Yeah. You're still going into that pain and, and working through it. It's not a bad thing, right? No, but, it was just, like, so from then on out, I prepared and made sure that I had, like, time after yeah i journaled and and absolutely yeah yeah and i want to be really clear about that that was ashlyn's unique experience and that's and it probably varies from person to person the effect after emdr is that is that a fair statement uh absolutely and and not just from person to person but from from different trauma to different trauma so what the same person might have a different reaction or response 
according to what trauma they're reprocessing. Okay. And you never know. You never know. Like if you're if if you're going to go into something, you 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 might have stuffed it really really deep, and then you bring it out, and it's like, oh wow, that is rocking my world. Yeah. Right. And so. Wow. I um I remember working with uh, an individual and. The, the the behavior of addiction um, just continued to manifest and continued to manifest, and then there was like lying to conceal it, and uh, we made sure that 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 we put parameters in place so that safety was utmost, and and like no judgment was was up there too, right? But this person just kept this individual kept relapsing and would just hide it until it was just ripped out of them, and and my my thought on that was is there's there's some kind of when when. When that subconscious behavior of numbing just persists and persists and persists despite um, real consistent efforts to um, to uh, manage the issue, to, 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 to set themselves up for success, there's going to be some beliefs in there that are going to lead to the behavior that, that's really unbecoming. Right. In right. which case it's like – there's probably going to be some stuff you need to do some EMDR work on. Is, right. that, is that a fair, is that a fair I, statement? I love how you put that. I mean, why do we keep doing things, behaviors that, that hurt us? Why, why do we do that? And it's because we have these beliefs or these thoughts that we think are protecting us and yeah. helping us that are actually not there. And, and so they're driving us to behaviors that, and then we'd stay stuck in that and stuck mm-hmm. in that. And so until you can let go or reprocess and change those, those thoughts, you're not going to change your behaviors. Mm-hmm. Right. That's pretty interesting. Well, I'm a big believer in EMDR, and, and this I. to me is like a rad episode. And this was—I want to thank you, Ashlyn, for recommending this today because this, like, honestly, this is like been EMDR for you, for me, for Lucy, and who knows what what's in store for Ellie yet in the future. But the truth is, is it's been the catalyst to so much imperative change right. for each of us. And I can't believe that we're unique to the human race. It's like if you've lived, you probably have some kind of relative trauma. And, and um, I, I want to say I've been on both sides of the aisle with EMDR. I've done it uh, as a therapist, and I've done it as a client. And and I just want to give my my go ahead as well. Like it's amazing, and um, I think everybody needs to do it. Some we all have trauma. Everybody has trauma. The little and the big. Yeah. So, and it, it, you get to know yourself so much better um, on so many levels by allowing yourself to just go there and experience that totally so. and the courage it takes is just extraordinary right and on a lot of people said this i've shared that lucy is is doing her emdr therapy um and so, had so many have said if she can do it at nine years old then why am i so afraid right. i can do this yeah. right. and it really is true and um i asked for prayers for lucy as she started this and so many of you guys said we're praying for her and she was amazed like really people that That's don't really even cool. know me are praying for me it's, it's awesome. pretty cool. So thank you, thank you. Yeah, and it's not that scary, you guys. It's not. And it's awesome. Yeah. So, all right. But it's That's a good it. One. That's, That's it. it. So, guys, hope you enjoyed this this uh, this episode of the podcast, and um, please share this. Uh, you never know who. Uh, would need it and that's kind of the cool part about it is you can send this just with goodwill in mind and not know what the benefit will be so um sure love to see you guys share this and uh, please if you've heard something that you love as well please leave us a review because that stuff always helps people uh find us and find hope right thanks guys peace out guys